0: What's up, 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 everybody? Everybody, 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 you are listening to The Bounce. As always, folks, this is episode 29. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. How you doing, L'Oreal? I'm doing fantastic on this Tuesday. The finals
1: is finally here. We're going to be talking about that. And we're going to be talking about tools going on in Bristol, Connecticut as well. Mm.
0: There's mm, a lot of things that been going on and we're just ready. So, you know, before we get started, I, I want to ask you, how was your weekend, you know, that we had, you know, during the 4th of July? You know, how was Independence Day for you?
1: <laughs> or in some cases, Juneteenth 2.0. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah right, it was right. fantastic. Just, you know, spending some time with my loved ones, um, making some good money door dashing and obviously. All right. So making sure that I stay on top of these topics so we can give you all this good content
0: right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to a Tigers game uh, the day before. Yeah, how was July it? 4th. Oh, it was it was very good. It was on a Saturday. And, you know, at first, it, you know, obviously it was hot. You know, but I, I felt good. And while we got to the game, it we were down 0-2. So it was 2-0 going to the White Sox way. Sorry, going to the White Sox way. And... So far, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I hope that they win. I, I, I hope they would, And they won, you know. Yes, go
1: Tigers. <laughs> right, right,
0: go Tigers. They beat the Chicago White Sox 11 to 5. I was so happy. I was like, yes, at, at least they won. So we, we was having a good time. And I had front row seats, so I was happy about that. Having front row seats, you feel like you are the man. All right. (laughs) Especially
1: at Comerica Park, baby. Right. Beautiful.
0: Comerica Park. Right. Exactly. So let's get the show on the road. So the NBA Finals are set. We have it. 2021. A lot of people probably had no idea who was going to be in the finals or was shocked. But here it is. Here's what we have right now. We have the Phoenix Suns representing the West. And we have the Milwaukee Bucks representing the East. So here you have it. And this 2001 NBA Finals is going to happen tonight. Game one will start, although we got to be real. Giannis is not playing game one. It says he's doubtful, but more than likely, he's not going to play game one. So let's just be real about that. As the NBA Finals is set between the Suns and the Bucks, which player do you believe needs to win this championship?
1: I'm going with Chris Paul. And the biggest reason is just looking at his whole journey getting to this point. I mean, 16 long years in the NBA. You play for the um, you play for the then New Orleans Hornets when um Coach Monty Williams was the coach for that team. Uh, you play for the Clippers, you know, Doc Rivers, that situation. Then you play for the Houston Rockets and OKC, and then you're finally here as a Phoenix Sun and you're reaching your very first NBA finals. I mean. It's just crazy to even think about that when you think about what Chris Paul brings to the NBA as a player and especially as the point guard. And I think this finals is going to be a lot, especially for his legacy, because even though he does not have a ring, he still has the accolades that makes a lot of people feel like that he is the quote unquote point guard. And also that he could be a potential top five point guard ever. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that, You had that weighing on you and you're getting to this point where you could get your first ever championship with this team, the way the team has been running. That's going to be pretty big for Chris Paul. And all eyes are going to be on him because the way that he delivered in that series against Denver, the way that he delivered in that series against the Clippers, and the way that he's been delivering overall, we already know the narrative about how, you know, he makes teams better. A lot of people still don't feel that way. A lot of people still feel like, you know, what happened to Houston? Why you couldn't make that work? You know, why you couldn't make the Clippers work? So there's a lot of positive and negatives that go into his legacy. But this is his chance to pretty much seal the deal on his legacy. And all eyes are going to be on him. He's going to have to make those shots. He's going to have to give it his all on everything. And now that, you know, he's pretty healthy for the most part, he has that chance. So I think Chris Paul definitely he needs to win this championship because if he don't win this championship, to be quite honest with you, I don't really feel like people are going to look at Chris Paul like in a very bad way because we already know what he brings to the table basketball wise. And I mean, he's still, um, you know, he's still the president of, you know, the national players association. So he will always have the, he will always have the utmost respect. But when we think about his legacy, And things like that, if he doesn't win, yeah, it might, people might question his legacy. But as long as Chris Paul remains who he is, I see no issue with him getting this championship. And I see no issue with him, you know, being able to rewrite his legacy.
0: What our question is Chris Paul. Chris Paul needs this championship more than any player who is playing in the finals. And I know people are probably going to say, well, what about Giannis? What about Giannis? The thing about Giannis, a.k.a. the Greek freak, which we don't know when he's going to play, but more than likely me personally, I think that he's going to play by game three. I don't think that they're going that the bus are going to rush him to play game one or two. So game three, which will be on a Sunday, I believe, so I, that's when I believe he's going to come back. So we go, we're going to pump the brakes on Giannis. But even though with Giannis, I think with him. He still has more time. He's in year eight in his NBA career. So he has more time to win a championship in Milwaukee. Or if he leaves Milwaukee, there could be somewhere else where he has a a better or still opportunities that he can win a title. With Chris Paul, he's in year 16. He's 36 years old. If he doesn't win a championship this year, I don't really see if Chris Paul will ever have this chance of being, being in the NBA Finals and win a championship ever again. I just don't see. I just don't see him having this opportunity ever again. And here's the thing, too. And you know this, L'Oreal. A lot of people believe that the Suns being in the finals is a fluke. Mm-hmm. It's a fluke. A lot of people believe that if AD in the first round didn't go down, the Suns would have been a first round exit. Exit. There's some people who believe if Jamal Murray was healthy, then the Nuggets would have beat the Suns. And there's other people as well, plenty of people that believe if Kawhi Leonard did not, did not even get hurt in the playoffs and he would have played in that series against the them and the Phoenix Suns, the Clippers would have beat the Suns and they would have been headed to the finals. So with that being said, with all these things that's going on, if they lose in the finals, it will be the, oh, well, this was a fluke all along. You guys weren't even supposed to be here and let alone the Suns are, maybe are in, a, are in a situation where they will face the Milwaukee Bucks with no Giannis in the finals. So this is all on Chris Paul. If the Suns lose, nobody's going to look at Devin Booker. No one's going to look at DeAndre Aiden or even Monty Williams or Cameron Payne, Jay Crowder, or Cameron Johnson because they will say those guys have more opportunities to be in this position, to win a championship. Maybe not uh, Jay Crowder, but that's Hannah that I say. But with Chris Paul, this may be his last chance. So with that being said, it is definitely Chris Paul. If he doesn't win a championship, I think people will still make a case that he is, you know, top five point guard of all time. But at the same time, it will, it will be like, dang, like there's levels to this. You know what I'm saying? There's levels to this. Like you're you're great, but you can't be in the same table same level as as Steph Curry or Isaiah Thomas or Oscar Robertson because you didn't win a championship you're great but you'll be in that same class with Carmelo, Malone John Stockton Reggie Miller Patrick Ewing and even James Harden as of right now of guys who are great who are all-time greats but didn't win a championship so with that being said Chris Paul has to win it, and let that be known four years ago Chris Paul was considered the greatest player to never reach the conference finals. And then uh, later on it was, Chris Paul is arguably the greatest player to never reach the NBA finals. You know, I don't think anybody's going to say he's the greatest player to never win a title because, you know, you got Charles Barkley, AI, Kerr Malone, and other great players, but they will probably say that he is the greatest point guard to never win a championship.
1: Exactly. And for Chris Paul, I'm sure he's really thinking about that. Like, which side of history do I want to be on? The one where I already been having an established resume on top of a chip, or I still have the established resume, but I don't really have a chip that could bring more value. And like you said, Jabari, it's level to this. Just like we talk about Chris Paul, we talk about this with Russell Westbrook.
0: Yes, and, even Carmelo,
1: and Yep, and Carmelo Anthony, and all of those kind of players and who James have been in the situation, and James Harden too, where we know they're great. We know they're intangibles, but when we look at those shiny rings and you ain't got any, I mean, that's all we can really say about you. So definitely, this is all on Chris Paul. And as far as the Phoenix Suns being the fluke, I don't really think they've been the fluke. And the thing is, is that when we look closely on if they do lose the finals, I think, of course, Chris Paul is going to be the biggest thing to look at. But look at at these other players. Look at Booker and Aiden. and. Johnson and Payne you know we have to we have to also remember and I've been thinking about this since the very beginning of the season and why I was kind of hesitant at first to say that Phoenix was going to get to this point was because of beyond Chris Paul you have to look at the other experience and was that other experience going to be enough clearly they already proved that to me and everyone else that despite that despite not having that much experience it doesn't matter because they have the talent they have the girth they have the aggression and they have and they have the determination and they already been proven. So as far as I'm concerned, the Phoenix Suns are not a fluke.
0: As I said before, I believe that Chris Paul should have been the regular season MVP. And I stand by that. And listen, if the Suns won the championship and Chris Paul's the finals MVP, I'm looking at everybody who said that Chris Paul should not be MVP, let, a, let alone not be not be top three MVP candidates. I'm going to look at all y'all who said that. Chris Paul should have been the regular season MVP of the 2020-21 season, period. I said it before. I believe that Monty Williams should have won coach of the year. Respect to Tom Thibodeau. I understand that and I'm cool with that. But Monty Williams should have won coach of the year. With that being said, I'll be real with you, I do believe that if if AD didn't go down, the Suns would have been bounced out the first round. But let's let's go to even even the the Clippers' sake because I believe that even if Jamal Murray was healthy, I do believe that I do believe that the Suns would be the Nuggets. However, I'll be real: if the Clippers had Kawhi Leonard, I do believe that the Clippers would have beaten the Suns. With that being said, there are no asterisks now whatsoever, none. Whoever wins the championship, they should be appreciated. Yes, they should be applauded because listen, yes. only one city. Listen. Only one city is going to be happy if they win a title. That's that's Phoenix or Milwaukee. Okay, There's still going to be a championship parade. They're still going to have a good time. Summer's still going to be hot. And they're going to talk about how they won the title, how they feel good. Injuries happen all the time. Now, I'll say this for myself. I hate the fact that these star players, these all-stars, these superstars are getting hurt and are out. I hate that a lot but no, no one is ever going to say that these championships are tainted or there's an asterisk. As much as I say the Lakers got lucky to win that championship last year in the bubble, never have I ever said that there's an asterisk. Never, never not whatsoever. Even though I say that it was a bubble championship, they won fair and squared. It is what it is. We We can even go two years ago. There's a lot of people who will always talk about, well, the Raptors won, because Katie and Klay Thompson went down. That doesn't matter because they still won the championship. The healthiest team will win the championship. And this season is a great example. Whether it's a condensed season or we still in a, in a pandemic. We're not in a bubble, which that's great. We're not in a bubble. But this was still determined who is the healthiest team that will win the championship. Plain and simple, all right? But before we go, we need to make our predictions. You know, I know it's the beginning of the, of, of the show, but we got to make <laughs> our predictions. Who do you believe is going to win the championship?
1: I got the Phoenix Suns, and I believe that this is going to go six games.
0: Okay. All right. You know, now, obviously, you heard what I said. Listen, whoever wins, there will not be an asterisk, not whatsoever. None. Period. Point play. Period. And I did say the healthiest team will win the championship. But I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I
1: have you right. I'm not even surprised. But shout out to you,
0: though. You stuck with yeah. your pick right, right. from the see. very beginning. you right, right. was right. Right, right. I, who said that? Listen, who said that the Milwaukee Bucks were going to go to the finals? I did. I yes. did. Right before the playoffs, we made our yes. predictions now. Now, I did say the Clippers were going to go to the finals, but it didn't happen. But I had the, the Bucs going to the finals, and I was right about that. So I'm, go, I'm going to go with the Bucs. And the only reason why I'm going with them, because I believe that the Bucs will win one of these two games without Giannis. That's number one. In Phoenix, without Giannis. And, and, and with Giannis, I'm expecting him to come back. Now, obviously, if Giannis is not coming back in the finals, then yes, I, I, I'm I'll be right here to say the Suns will win the championship. Okay, I'm I'm go I'll, I'll go right there. However, I believe that Giannis will come back. The series will be tied 1-1 by game three, and the Bucs will win. Book it. Book it. And I'll even go this far. I have Chris Milton winning finals MVP.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like book, that pick. Book it. Book it. I have CP3 winning Finals MVP. Okay, all right, I see. I I won't be surprised about that either, but we'll see what happens. So moving on, moving on. So last week, the LA Clippers season ended. They ended in six due to obviously Chris Paul's greatness, who scored forty-one points. That man was spectacular. But this is not about Chris Paul. This is about the LA Clippers, who did not have Kawhi Leonard throughout the. Mid semifinals to the conference finals. They made it this far. They made it to the conference finals for the first time in franchise history, but they did not get the job done. And that was to win an NBA championship. And funny, this is the two year anniversary of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming to the LA Clippers. So, with that being said, was this season for the LA Clippers a success or a failure?
1: I feel like it was a success because the biggest thing, you finally made it to the conference finals. And I think that we have to understand the fact that this team was the first team ever to make it to the conference finals. That should tell you about how that team performed, um, the whole composition, the team, and all of that. And also, I believe this season was a success because of that. And, you know, we have to also think about Kawhi being out. Obviously, if Kawhi was still in this was still playing, the series would have went completely different, and I feel like the Clippers have would have made it to the NBA Finals. So to say that it would be a failure because of that, I don't really think that's fair for the Clippers. But I think the number one important thing to look at when you look at this season being a success, unlike last season, I feel like this season was a great opportunity to see everybody else beyond Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. We've seen what Reggie Jackson did. I mean, Reggie Jackson averaged nearly 20 points a game in this series. And I think if it wasn't for Reggie Jackson doing what he did, I think it would have been a lot worse for the Clippers. He helped the Clippers in a lot of ways by driving to the lane, making the plays, setting up up shots for many of the other players like George or Marcus Morris and all of that. And I think that his contributions were significant. We saw what Terrence Mann did. I mean – the way yes. that he blew up to help them win that game, that was important. We see what the Marcus Cousins did. He played some good minutes, you know, especially since Tyron Lu gave him those minutes. He, he showed up and he mm-hmm. played those minutes. We have to look at Marcus Morris. He showed up from the perimeter. I think that's very important because before, the main focus was Kawhi and Paul George, obviously. But I think the fact that you see other people contributing and they are contributing to a high level – you know, around the same level as Paul George, you have to look at that. And also, this was a really good season for Paul George. We don't really know for real if Kawhi and Paul George can really mesh together because of their personalities, their playing styles, all of that. All of that is going to be into question when we look at whether Kawhi Leonard, you know, decides to take that player option or decline in this free agency. But Paul George did a great job this entire season. He has shown up. He has been more aggressive. I think now he's been learning, you know, about how to take criticism in the course of what he says. Because a lot of times what he's been saying is kind of putting him in that position to where people are looking at him different. And I think he's been able to take everything very well and to just put it all out on the court. He put it all out on the court. Yes, we know that Paul George... You know, if he made those two free throws, I felt I felt like the Clippers would have won that game, and I felt like the Clippers would have had an edge in that series. We know that, you know, he could have done a lot more than those 21 points in that last game, especially at home. When we look at the overall picture and how we judge Paul George, basically his whole career, he did a tremendous job his season. And I think the Clippers should look at that consideration and say, you know, you know what, he showed up. He showed up and yeah, you know, we didn't make it to the finals, but I mean, if you made that series, you know, to a six game series, that's pretty impressive without Kawhi Leonard. So I think the Clippers season has been a success so far, giving those points. I think the Clippers are going to be going to work this off season because like I said, Kawhi Leonard has that player option. Serge Ibaka has a player option. Um, Patrick Peterson. Nicholas Batum and Reggie Jackson they're going to be you know unrestricted free agents so you know the Clippers can be you know willing to make a lot of moves so it's going to be interesting to see what they do down the line but the Clippers this season was a success.
0: Yeah I agree with you the Clippers season as of how it turned out to be it was a success only because Kawhi Leonard went out if Kawhi Leonard was there I mean I think many people would say yeah this is definitely a failure yeah for a franchise Yeah, oh, it's cool that you were in the Western Conference Finals. But the goal would have been, obviously, to win a championship. And if they didn't have Kawhi, no, I'll tell you that. If they did have Kawhi and they failed at that, then, yes, it would be a failure. But overall, it was a success. I, when I saw Kawhi went down or he wasn't going to play game five, and then obviously they kept on saying, you know, he was out evidently or he was day to day, I thought to myself that, dang. The Clippers were not going to win the second round against the Utah Jazz. I already thought that. But the fact that they won that series and then they went to the conference finals, I, I was amazed. I was amazed that they were able to, to go six games with the Phoenix Suns because I thought they probably was going to go to five at least. But the fact that they went to six games and it, it could have went to seven. If you look at it, they still could have won this series even without Kawhi. But the fact that they made it, you know, to six games and you know, fought hard for it. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of this team. Obviously, just looking how it was, it turned out to be, I really looked at Kawhi Leonard's career. And, well, this playoffs alone. He was playing so well. I mean, this man was averaging 30. You know, the field goal percentage was, like, over 50%. And I was like, ah, this was the chance. This was the shot for the Clippers to show, yes, we got this. We about to get the job done and when he got hurt and it wasn't because of himself it was because he got bumped by joe ingles i said why why i'm like why why did they have to happen i just it was it was very unfortunate but outside of all that paul george he was spectacular i don't want to hear any paul george slander he did his thing he listened he said, I'm going to still give you 26 points, nine rebounds, and about four or five assists, or six assists, I believe. But he did his part in the playoffs. This is his best playoff year since 2014. And I'm proud of him. He Obviously, what happened last year in the bubble, it was unfortunate. But he definitely redeemed himself this year. Regardless of the fact that, fact that they didn't win or not, he played better, way better than he did last season, especially, this is his, like I said before him, his best year since 2014. So shout out to Paul George. Looking at everybody else, I'm proud of what I saw from Marcus Morris when he was when he was hot cuz there were times he was cold, but overall he had a good series. I'm proud of what I saw from Terrence Mann. He did he definitely did his thing. Reggie Jackson, DeMarcus Cousins. I think the one thing that I looked at is that looking at this team overall, obviously there's going to be question marks because it's it's going to like it's the thing is what is this team going to be like next season? Now, I'm just going to be real with you right now. Now, the number one priority is Kawhi Leonard. Now, I believe that Kawhi Leonard will be back. I'm not worried about Kawhi Leonard leaving, all right? Everybody needs to stop this nonsense. Kawhi Leonard will be back. I believe that he's not going to go anywhere. That's number 1. Number 2, Serge Ibaka, he has a player option. I believe that he's going to he's going to opt in knowing the fact that listen, I didn't play as much in the in the uh, in the regular season, and I only played what two games. And besides, he had back surgery, so I think that he will be ready for next season. And to see to give and go to see how he plays, I think that you know it's going to take time, but I think eventually, but when the when next year's playoffs comes, he will be prepared. Zubac, obviously, we know about him. You know, he was hurt in the playoffs, but I think he's going to be okay. I like I like what I saw from Zubac. I think he's going to I think he's going to get better. Now, as far as the other free agents, you know, Reggie Jackson, Patrick, Patrick Patterson, Nicholas, Nicholas Batum, and DeMarcus Cousins, they can let Patrick Patterson go. That man can go. That man b- did, barely did anything. He he didn't go. It's true. I don't, I don't care about him. He got to go. Nicholas Batum, I would say, you know, he can definitely be a guy you can use. I mean, he did play well for his part. Coming off the bench, I think that what he did with no pressure, be in a better situation, you know, who can who can play both ends on the floor, score, defend, rebound, and especially pass the ball, facilitate. I was thinking, you know, he did a good job, and I would like to see if they can bring him back. You know, those are pieces that I would say bring him back with Boogie Cousins. I would like to see him come back. I think that the Clippers will be will be would like that, but I don't think that Boogie coming back would be like dang, well, we missing out something if he does come back. Now, now, like I said, that all depends on how Ibaka's health will be next season. I think that Boogie might come back. But like I said, it all depends on Ibaka's health for next season. Here's the biggest question mark. Is Racy Jackson going to come back? Because if you look at, you know, the Clippers' salary cap, they don't have much. And by next season, I believe they will be over the luxury tax, I believe. So with that being said, how would they be able to, to get Reggie Jackson back? Because, listen, everybody's going to look at, you know, look at it and say, hey, look, Reggie, I can give you a three year, forty five million dollar deal. You, you want to take it compared to Clippers? They could say, look, I can give you a one year, ten million dollar deal. That's going to be different. And I think that with Reggie Jackson, he might go after the money instead of going for a championship. And it's crazy because when I saw that post game from Reggie Jackson and he said, I want to thank you guys for saving me. That was the realest I ever seen. He was buzzing out in tears because Reggie Jackson look at this situation. And he was like, he was sad because he appreciate what the Clippers did for him. But at the same time, he don't know he's going to come back because it's like, I don't know, like you know what I'm saying, and especially looking at Reggie Jackson's career, before he came to the Clippers, a lot of people thought that he's done. He, he, I mean, seriously, a lot of people thought that like, why did the Clippers b- brought this guy? Like why why, was, why is he with why is he here? They thought that he was a negative player. and I think that looking at how he performed in the playoffs, Reggie Jackson, to me, showed me that, listen, he's gonna get paid next year for sure. Or and two, now we can appreciate what Reggie Jackson is. He's a guy, he's a good player who can be your third, fourth, or fifth best player. And to me, that's okay when you want to win a title. But I'll be honest with you, and I will say this: if Reggie Jackson does leave the LA Clippers, you know who they should go, go after? Kyle Lari. Kyle yep. Lowry, yep. Yes. They get, <laughs> they get Kyle Lowry. Kyle pure point it. guard. Yes, yes. He, this man can defend, rebound. Mm-hmm. This man can facilitate. He is a leader, okay? Listen, you already got John Rondo. You get him as your backup point guard. And Kyle Lowry as your starting point guard. Listen, I love Patrick Beverly. I know he gonna get suspended next season. But if you told me who i rather have between Kyle Lowry and Patrick Beverly... Patrick Beverly, I love you, but bye. I want Kyle Laurie. and besides Kyle Lowry, he could defend as well. Well, you already got Terrence Mann as well, who could do that. Kyle Lowry, come to L.A., bro. Clippers, listen, come over here, and we gonna be just fine. If Kyle Lowry comes to the Clippers, I'm gonna hold my thoughts real quick. It gotta happen first, but if Kyle Lowry comes to the to the to the Clippers, that could be something.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That would be interesting if he came to the Clippers for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's move on, move on. So Rachel Nichols, she, um, mm, she has some interesting things to say. Well, actually, it wasn't that it happened this year. It, her comments that she said that involves around Maria Taylor happened last year during the pandemic and it was about the 2020 NBA Finals, but um, listen, we we let's let's not spoil anything. So, L'Oreal, you do have the comments of what Rachel Nichols said um, that revolves around Maria Taylor. So, go ahead, L'Oreal. What did Rachel Nichols said?
1: All right. So, for context purposes, this was um, a phone conversation that happened in July 2020, where she was speaking with Adam um, Mendelson. So, Adam Mendelson is um, LeBron James advisor, and we know Rich Paul is LeBron's agent. So pretty much her comments was based on her thoughts about Maria Taylor, who was recently promoted to um, be, um, to do um, the final hosting duties of the 2020 finals. So she said in quote, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football, she covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or take my thing away. And then she went on by saying as well, I just want them to go somewhere else. It's in my contract, by the way. This job is in my contract in writing.
0: Okay, those were the comments made by Rachel Nichols in this hot mic, you know, interview. You know, it was it was audio, so it was not... Uh, It was not on video. So just to let you know. And I know she had an apology to me. So what is she what what was her apology on the jump?
1: Yes. So um, yesterday she made um, the announcement at the very beginning of the show on the jump. And she said, in quote, so the first thing they teach in journalism school is don't be the story. And I don't plan to break that rule today or distract from a fantastic, fantastic finals. But I also don't want to let this moment pass without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor, and how grateful I am to be part of this outstanding team.
0: So that was her apology right there. So I guess we could get started right now, L'Oreal, because I know you have a lot of things to say, especially you're going to have a take at the end of it. So L'Oreal, what are your thoughts about... Rachel Nichols comments about Maria Taylor better yet I want to say it was about Maria Taylor it involves around Maria Taylor
1: her comments to me was just extremely distasteful and she she threw Maria Taylor under the bus and I don't like it I don't and the biggest thing from this situation which I'll talk about more in my take is the fact that when we talk about allies, and obviously this is great in the context of the fact that this happened in July 2020, you know, the year that the pandemic started, the year that we had the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Maria—not Maria, um, not maria Breonna, um Brianna
0: oh, Yeah, Brianna Taylor. Yeah. Okay, Brianna Taylor. I'm sorry. Okay, Breonna Taylor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Breonna
1: Taylor, and all of those things. You know, it was just very distasteful to just say that Maria Taylor got the job because of diversity hire. And when you think about allyship, specifically with white allyship, it's not what it seems. And many and several ESPN Black employees had said it, and it's a fact. In, In the public, when you're on camera and you're doing your little, you know, soliloquies or whatever, it may seem like that Rachel Nichols or you know, um, the other white employees at ESPN or any other corporation at that, you know, it may seem like they're, you know, they're for these movements or just for, you know, just just the morality of Black people and the treatment and things like that. But behind closed doors, it's a whole different story. And what we've seen and pretty much what I just said, that's where we see how she really feels behind closed doors. And I think people need to understand that because, Let's make this clear. Rachel Nichols is not losing no sleep because of this. I mean, it was already announced today that because of what happened, she's not going to work on um, the final sidelines no more. Malika Andrews, who, shout out to her, she's a very incredible and thorough reporter. I mean, she reported for the Nets and the Bucks, so she deserves that job. Shout out to her. But Nichols, is she still has her show, the jump. And I mean... That's, that's her show. That is essentially her show. She can say whatever she want to say. And obviously, she has the co-host that she has and Brian Windhorst, you know, who appears frequently, of course, Richard Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins. But Rachel Nichols ain't losing no sleep over this. Regardless, she was going to either keep her job. She probably have some promotions on the table and things like that. So this ain't about her. This is about Maria. And the fact that once again, she has to be scrutinized in her career because this because this ain't the first time this has happened where somebody made her feel bad about her job. The very first incident that happened was that when she was covering, um, I believe, Monday night or Saturday, Saturday night football, she wore a, like a leather jacket type of top and her shoulders were out. And some white man, I, I forgot what media corporation he was a, was part a of. Hater. Just
0: was He a hater. was a hater. Just say he was
1: a hater. He pretty much said that Maria looked slutty because her shoulders were out. And you sure already know how that feels, you know, for her to feel that as a woman, but as a Black woman trying to do her job. So now, once again, she has to feel the same way about her, just her doing her job because some white woman and Rachel Nichols want to feel some type of way because she got in the finals job that she rightfully deserved. Mm -hmm. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Nobody is saying that Rachel Nichols do not deserve that job. I mean, no dip. We know she deserves the job. We know how established Rachel Nichols is when it comes to her, you know, report and her resume overall. She worked for TNT. She worked for NBA for years. We already know that. CNN? CNN as well. We know how established she is. But the fact that she really said that and she said that Maria Taylor just got the job because of a diversity hire it's incredibly distasteful. And mm. her apology that I read, that was not an apology. She should have just never said anything, it to was be forced. honest with you. It was forced. Because if you really want to apologize, what you should have said was that, no, Maria Taylor didn't get that job because of, because of a diversity hire. She got that job because she has rightfully and deservedly earned that. And I can say that with confidence because I work with her as a colleague. But see, she ain't thinking about that. She's thinking it was like, Oh wow, so they gonna bring this girl up to the mix after I did all of this? And see, that's the thing that people have to look about when you look at when you look at white alley shit. They only care about it when it benefits them. But when they don't, it goes all down the drain. And when you look at specifically what Rachel Nichols said, that was her exact language. She felt some type of way because it was not benefiting her. But before she was aiki and saying whatever she wanted to say about the movements and all of that. And my thing is, I'm not going off the record of saying that she's a racist. I'm not doing that. But when you look at specifically what she said, it's distasteful. If anything, it's definitely prejudice. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it's de- well, definitely prejudice.
0: Well, just let let me just say this: just be, just because you say you're not a racist, I mean, there are people who do racist things or are a racist, whether they do it intentionally or unintentionally, just to be very clear, but continue.
1: Yes, thank you Jabari for that. And when you work for a corporation, especially like ESPN and knowing the culture that it is, you can't just do that. You can't up and say that. Yeah, you know, she gonna keep her job, but guess what? Her colleagues are gonna be looking at her funny, especially the black colleagues. And I think for the most part, everybody within the sports world is looking differently now at Rachel Nichols. Because my first thought was like, wow, you really had to go that far below the belt to attack somebody? And you know me, Jabari, you know that I'm always with Black women in journalism. Mm -hmm. Maria Taylor is one hell of a reporter, journalist, all of that. She has done a tremendous job. She has done a good job, especially with um, the ESPN College Game Day, Mm -hmm. college football playoff. She covered the national championship. She has interviewed numerous players like Trevor Lawrence and so forth. So and and that's the thing. Let's be clear. What Maria Taylor is doing, she's just being a simple moderator, but she's bringing her personality. And one of the main reasons why she probably got that promotion was because in the bubble she spoke very sternly and like she always will about how she feels about things going on in this country. And she did specifically about George Floyd. And I think and I think for the most part, she probably got the job because of her personality and what she could bring from the table. Like Cat Williams says, you should have been talking mess.
0: Wow, L'Oreal, you had a lot of things on your mind that you just went to... I still
1: got some more to say. I'm not done. <laughs>
0: no, because
1: seriously, Jabari, Se- no, I am this is sick serious. and tired this is very of serious. black women having to deal with this because they are simply doing their job.
0: Rachel Nichols, what did you guys expect? Okay, what did y'all expect? It's not a surprise, not whatsoever. I know one thing. I did lose respect for her because of what she said the fact that she's saying that the reason why maria taylor got that because of espn's long time crappy record for diversity and instead you want rachel nichols to not host the 2020 nba finals you want her to work as a sideline reporter like doris burke i mean what's what's why are we surprised that she was mad about that Why are we surprised that she was mad that she wanted to host the 2020 NBA Finals last year? It didn't happen. So she felt like as a white woman that, look, I did this. I did that. You see what I you see my credentials. You see my resume. You know, like she was she was like this. I'm Rachel Nichols. You know who I am. I interviewed LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler. I, I do. I do this here. How you give this to Maria Taylor, basically. That's what it's about. A lot of people, listen, it's not the first time. A lot of people will probably say the reason why Maria Taylor was the host of the 2020 NBA Finals of the NBA Countdown was because she was Black. First of all, one, that's not true. She got there because she was talented, who happens to be Black. That's number one. Number two, yes. ESPN has a long time crappy record when it comes to diversity, okay? And with that being said, they should be able to make sure that the diversity record that they have should actually be improving instead of instead of not. Okay, let's be. They should be increasing, not decreasing. Number 3. So what if ESPN decided to put Maria Taylor as the host of NBA Countdown for the 2020 NBA Finals because she's black. So what? Do you know how many times white people get all these opportunities because they're white? So many times. Tell me. So what? So 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 you got a problem because black people who don't get it, get in this position as much as white people do, you gonna be mad that someone get it because they black? Really? Really? Stop it, Rachel, Rachel Nichols sounds like a salty white woman who wants it no matter what. That's what it is, that's what's about. And I'm getting sick and tired of people when black people are succeeding, when black people are on top, they question and the saying, well, the only reason why you're there is because they put you there of your blackness. The only reason why you're there is because you're black and they got to make sure that they help out their diversity record or whatever the crap that is. Why are you so worried? Because you're not up there. Rachel Nichols has had more opportunities than Maria Taylor in her career, period. But let's not act like Maria Taylor is just some pretty face who has no talent. Maria Mm -hmm. Taylor, this woman has covered NBA basketball. This woman has covered college basketball, women's college basketball. This woman has, right, NFL, college basketball. I mean, I would say college basketball. I already said that. College football. And we're going to sit here and disrespect Maria Taylor again. She was disrespected by Nick Saban, number one, when she was on that sideline interview, sideline Mm -hmm. interview, number one. She was disrespected by many people on social media just because she did not believe that Anthony Davis should not be in. All-NBA first team last year, they say, oh, she a woman, so she don't know basketball. Shut your cornball self up. And now people, and then you got people like Rachel Nichols who want to go there and basically say because of ESPN's long-time crappy record of diversity is the reason why Maria Taylor was the host. Use a hater. Use a hater. Basically, what you're saying is that The reason why Maria Taylor is the host is because of affirmative action. Mm -hmm. Guess what? White women have benefited off of affirmative action more than black people. So I don't want to hear a damn thing what white women got to say. Stop it. We don't want to hear you. Stop. And the fact that I hear this from Rachel Nichols, who is a privileged white woman, stop it and the fact that they say espn like oh they were moving you from the sideline reporter and they put in malika andrews listen it wasn't gonna make no difference regardless because look it wasn't gonna matter because she still has our show and i think that it is up to us to make sure that we boycott nba the jump and and they should get rid of it from espn they should they listen that show needs to be off of espn okay because there's no reason why anybody should be watching the jump anyway. Because if you're not going to appreciate your colleagues like Maria Taylor, then why should we support you or watch your show, Rachel Nichols?
1: Yeah.
0: Boycott the jump.
1: Yeah, definitely ain't watching no more.
0: Yeah, no more. You didn't
1: ruin it. You didn't ruin it for exactly. yourself. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Essentially. Exactly. And just because you have the opportunity to interview certain players like LeBron, like Anthony Davis, like a Jimmy Butler, like a a retired Dwayne Wade, or any of these all-stars and superstars, does not mean that you should be entitled to believe, well, I did all this, so that means I should be a host. No, bump that. Respect your colleagues. Respect Maria Taylor for where she has been, where she came from, Okay. Put some respect on Maria Taylor. All right, so let's get something a little little bit of lighter news. Um, We're going to get started from Jabari's uh, review. This is a Major League Baseball review. It's called Batter Up Review. So let's get started. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to Batter Up, a.k.a. Major League Baseball Review. All right, so listen, we got a lot of things going on in Major League Baseball and You already know what the deal is, and we got to talk about baseball as always. So I just want to let you guys know, today's Tuesday. Next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on Fox, you will have the 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game, people. It will be at Coors Field, so it's going to be a good one. It's going to be in Denver, Colorado, and you're going to have American League versus the National League. The best of the best go against each other, and it's going to be a good one, people. You know it's going to be a good one, so I'm going to repeat that again. 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game is next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. on Fox. So check it out when you can. You love baseball because I do. All right. So, by the way, let's go with the standings right here. So for the standings for the American League, American League East, you got the Boston Red Sox, American League Central, you got the Chicago White Sox, American League West, you have the Houston Astros. And for the American League wild card so far, you got the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays and you got the Oakland Athletics. Now, let's go to the National League. National League East, you got the New York Mets. National League Central, you have the Milwaukee Brewers. Naturally, League West, you have the San Francisco Giants. The National League wild card as of right now, you have the LA Dodgers. And the San Diego Padres. Now, this has actually been very interesting. Interesting so far, because I'm actually very, very intrigued on how the National League West is going to be. Because the Giants, they have been balling. They've been on the road. I don't think anybody expects them to even be first place in the National League West. Because everybody's all talking about the National League, um, you know, West with the Dodgers and the Padres. And boy, they will be interesting if they do play in a wild card playoff game. That will be very interesting. Uh, One of the hottest teams in in the season, Padres versus the the defending champs, LA Dodgers. That will be a good one. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the surprising teams in American League and the National League. American League, I'm going to sound biased here, so just 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 bear with me i'm going with the detroit tigers now now many people are thinking why you go with the tigers they they they're below 500 what's going on yes they are 39 and 46 but the reason why is because listen i'm from detroit so i'm giving them love but also they have been hot so far they have won seven out of their last 10 games They've been on a the road. They just won last night. They are doing good. I went to a tigers game and they balled out. They they doing good. They haven't lost yet. And it is magical. It is very, very good. The Detroit Tigers. We, have, we, also, we also have one all-star that's representing the Detroit Tigers. His name is his name is Greg Gregory Soto. All right. His, his record is four and one. His ERA is is 2.94. He has six saves this season, and for him to represent the Detroit Tigers in the All-Star game for next Tuesday, that is special right there. So I love it. I love it a lot. And you gotta give him props for that. You know, put your hands up in the air, and and just and just get the tiger sound because Gregory, I'm gonna support you. I, I hope that he gets a chance to play because I'm I'm loving what I'm seeing from you know my man Soto. Now another thing too, I gotta give you some update. Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera, listen, his, his, listen, we understand that he's not the same Cabrera, okay? Miggy, we understand that. However, I'm gonna tell you right now, his batting average is 241, he has 31 RBIs, and he has seven home runs. With that being said, his career home run so far is 494. Now I'm hoping that he gets to 500 when I come back to Comerica Park, okay? When he come back to Comerica Park, I hope that he gets at least 499 so then I can see him get his 500th career home run. I want to see him make history. He has six more home runs to go. I need to see this in person because it will be special. It will be legendary. Megan, we love you. We got to see this right here. Another person I want to mention from the Miracle League, I'm going to say his name. And he is special. Shohei Otani. He plays for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He is Japanese, he is special, he is a pitcher, he's an infielder, and he is a hitter. He has won the best in the game. He is in the conversation for American League MVP. He is special, he is fantastic. The team is 42 and 42 right now, and they're trying to, I mean, they're trying to get their record going, so hopefully they get better. With pitching, he's three and one. His ERA is 3.60. His whip is 1.27. That's pitching so far. That's you know, that's 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 cool, but of course it needs to get better. But he is a solid starting pitcher. As a hitter, his batting average is 271. He gets he has he has 31 home runs and 67 RBIs. This man is special. He is actually, I believe he's leading in the American League in home runs. Him and Vladimir Guerrero, who are special, they are on top on home runs. They are duking it. They're going at it. And for Shohei Ohtani doing this, I mean, as a pitcher and a hitter, that is just special. So shout out to him. He's doing a good job. He's also all star as all star as well. So go ahead because we are seeing something special for him. As long as he stayed healthy, you know he's having a very good year. Now let's go to disappointing season so far. Disappointing team, the Yankees. Man, listen, I, what are y'all doing, man? What's going on? They are forty-two and forty-one right now. They have lost seven out of the last 10 games. I mean, they're three and seven right now in the last 10 games. That's terrible. You gotta do something about that, Yankees. I understand. Listen, there have been injuries here and there, but when you got Aaron Judge, you got, you know, you got Giancarlo standing, you got DJ, you got Kemp, Kempman, who was a closer. You got got Jared Cole. You got to do something here. There is no reason why the Yankees should be 42 and 41. You're not even in playoff contentions right now, okay? Now, are you having a a winning record so far? Yes, but you know what the expectations are as the Yankees. As the Yankees, you're supposed to be in championship contentions. And right now, you're looking like that you're just going to be this team that's not going to make the playoffs. So what's going on? It's July right now. We'll see how you guys do after All-Star break. Now, let's go to naturally surprising team. I think we already talked about this, the San Francisco Giants. I don't think anyone expects the Giants to be in this situation. I mean, if you told me that the New York Mets, which, you know, they're having a fine season. I mean, that's due to their their division. If you would have told me that the Giants would have, would be good, Okay, cool, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that the Giants are having a better record than the Dodgers and the Padres, that is amazing. Shout out to San Francisco in the Bay. I know they looking at Hollywood. I know they looking at San Diego. They look like, look, we better better than y'all right now. We are the best team in California. We got this. We got great pitching, great hitting. Anybody in the Bay, anybody in California can mess with us, all right? But it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'm intrigued to see how this – California rivalry goes in the playoffs. So I'm interested in that. Shout out to the Giants, by the way. <sighs> Disappointed team for the National League goes to the Atlanta Braves. Why? Because you're 41 and 43. What are you doing, folks? What are you doing? You got Rano Acuna Jr., who is one of the best in the game. And you guys are still not doing your thing. Watson, you got who against Freddie Freeman? You got plenty of other players there. Will Smith, not Will Smith from, from Bel Air. We got talk about Will Smith from Atlanta, Georgia now, okay? Pump the brakes. What is going on? Why are you guys not getting the job done? You guys should be better than this. Now, I know that you guys have, have issues in Georgia, have issues in Atlanta. You know, I, I say this all the time. When the Atlanta Braves blew that 3-1 lead, in the, uh, in the National League Championship Series, I said, I don't know if it's a Atlanta thing or a Georgia, Georgia thing, but it seems like when they have a big league, they end up choking no matter what. I don't know, okay? Maybe it's just a Atlanta or Georgia thing because we know about their sports history. So with that being said, you guys are the most disappointed team as of right now in the National League. And that is it for Jabari's Batter Up Major League baseball review
1: all righty good review Javari. i'm i'm very interested about the la rivalry i yeah. mean we gonna see what's gonna happen for sure go tigers as always yes let's get it
0: yeah it's been interesting so far look americally and nationally they've they've had their own storylines i'm very intrigued to see how like i said how if the San Francisco Giants could still keep in first place but also knowing that I'm very inter- interested in seeing how the Padres and the Dodgers face each other if it's in the wild card cuz in the wild card it's a in the wild card games and the wild card playoffs it's just one game so it's pretty much winner take so somebody going to get their feelings hurt so I'm definitely definitely interested in seeing in the National League how things go on so so yeah all right, so, um wait, hold on. We got some um, breaking news real quick. It, it went from, now, I just want to say this while we're doing our show. Now, at first, in the, in the beginning of the day, it said that Giannis was doubtful doubtful to play game one. Then it went from being questionable, and now it says four minutes ago that he could play game one. So, um. That's interesting that now I thought he was not going to play game one and two and he will be, and he will play game three. Um, L'Oreal, if Giannis is able to play game one, how much do you like the the Bucks chances on, you know, winning at least one of these games in game one or game two?
1: I mean, um, my chances never really change. I felt like the Bucks are still a good team with or without Giannis to win especially you know snag a game on the road against the Suns so yeah I feel like now hopefully the the biggest thing is that when Giannis had that hyperesthetic injury he could still walk on his own so if anything and of course there's no structural damage so I definitely feel like now that Giannis hopefully could play game one I think that's going to be interesting to see how that works and you know just to see if the Bucks can still a game on the road.
0: Yeah. Did you thought that without Giannis that they still could have been, t- they could have tied the series 1-1 after, you know, after game two?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because of Chris Middleton and what I seen from Brooke Lopez was impressive because he proved to me why he's on that team to do, you know, to obviously do what he does on the regular, but to show up when he needs to show up. Yeah, He, he showed up for sure. So yes. without, without a question, I never really questioned the Bucks, you know, trying to get a game without Yannis.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, it's a game time decision. So it's a game time decision. So we'll see what happens if he does play game one, you know, for Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, we'll see. But I don't think they should rush it. That's all I'm going to say. Don't rush it. Make sure he's all good and make sure that that knee is still good. So. We had so many things that went down this past week. I mean, this weekend alone. And let's go ahead and get started. Shakari Richardson, and if people don't know her, uh, L'Oreal, who is Shakari Richardson?
1: So Shakari Richardson is one of the fastest women right now, and she has been um a part. Well, she was supposed to be a part of the Olympics, but right now she's you know was um in trials and things like that. And you know she really worked her way up to qualify for the hundred meter race in Tokyo this summer.
0: Yeah, you know, well, let me just say this: I thought you were going to say that she's just trying to. She's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's, just, she's a runner, she's a track star. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I said what I said: yeah. the fastest woman out
0: there. Right, 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 right. So Shakari Richardson has been suspended. For 30 days, due to being positive, she was tested positive for marijuana. Now, obviously, part of the IOC policy, you know, for the for the, for the Olympics, for the Summer Olympics, there usually is a rule that says that you cannot be tested, te- you cannot be tested positive for marijuana. So that's always been part of the rules. But with that, but however, she can come back later and join the relay. She just can't be part of the 100 meters, and that's very unfortunate because, like I said shikari who is one of the fastest runners in the olympics she was supposed to be going against one of the best or if not the best sprinter in jamaica and that's not going to happen unfortunately because she you know because of what happened but with that being said l'oreal obviously a lot of people had their opinions about you know if she should go you know for the 100 meters or not you know let her play let her not play we'll see what happens but with that being said l'oreal do you believe that shakari richardson should run for the 100 meters
1: yes i do and the reason why i feel like to do is look i'm not finna go on a whole entire tangent about how people feel about what she did we know the rules are the real rules if you are a professional athlete these institutions are going to drug test you we know that um uh, you know as far as shakari goes all I do, all I'm doing is just, you know, feeling, I, I, I feel for her. I feel for her and what she did. Um, She has taken accountability for it and I respect that and I commend that. She knew what she was doing and she knew that what she doing was wrong at the time and she took her punishment. And I'm pretty sure now she's probably gonna still be practicing so that, you know, she could do the relay race, but she, she deserves to still run for the 100 meter race. This woman is talented. Extremely talented. She has a great heart. And you know, as far as what she did, I feel for her. Because I just know that it's extremely hard to try to follow this whole tragedy into triumph narrative, especially when number one, your mother passed away. You know, because good guy, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. You know if that was my mother things like that but also number two and this is most important the fact that you found this out from a reporter who quote unquote found out about this and then went on to tell Shikari about that I mean that's just straight up just you know debunking the whole you know aspect of ethics when you think about journalism you just don't do that plain and simple but other than that you know in spite of what my people think about, you know, who she is. One thing, like she said before, you can never deny her talent. And that's one thing for sure. You can never deny her talent. And I still feel like she should still be able to run. I'm very happy that even though she can't participate in the 100-meter race, she can still do the relays because I know she's going to kill it regardless. Weed or no weed, you cannot deny Shikari Richardson's talent. You cannot deny Shakari Richardson's work ethic, and you cannot deny Shakari Richardson's determination. And, you know, regardless of the situation, I feel like she still deserves to run, and I know that she's going to bounce back and be just fine. She's going to be just fine for the relays. She's going to be just fine for any other Olympic events. And she, she is that girl right now on track, period. She is that girl.
0: We can all say that. There's a rule that we don't necessarily like and should be taken out of it. There are certain things that we, be, that we will want to see happen where we would like for her to, or he, to run and to participate regardless of the situation. However, we can't have it both ways. And for me, look, I think that Shakari Richardson should still run for the 100 meters. But however, because she was tested positive for marijuana, which are the rules, she shouldn't run. And like I said, and I, and I feel sorry for her, especially, you know, throughout what happened. You know, she lost her biological mother last month. I get it. I understand that. But she did something that, listen, first of all, you knew for a fact that you were going to be tested. You were going to be tested anyway. So why are you putting yourself in a situation where you're going to get drug tested? And you failed, and it was for marijuana. Now, now, best thing possible, it wasn't any of other PEDs. You know, no steroids or anything. I, I was so happy because I was like, "Lord have mercy, please tell me this this woman did not cheat to win." I, I was I was gonna be so so mad if she cheated. Ain't but, no cheating, just black girl magic, right. plain and simple. But but she got tested for marijuana, and I'm like, why? Just why? Why? And and that and I'm not only just blaming her, but I'm also blaming her team, her surroundings, who is telling her, hey, look, I'm sure someone knew that she smoked marijuana. But it, even if she didn't smoke marijuana, let's say that she just had marijuana in her system, you know, by I don't know, by a weed brownie or, you know, or or weed food, anything, you know, what I'm what saying I'm just saying someone should have let her know, hey, don't do this because you got the Olympics that's coming. I wish that somebody would have, I wish she had a, a accountability partner. I wish she had anybody on her team that would have made sure that, hey, don't do this. So you don't put yourself in this situation. And by all means, originally the IOC could have made sure that she could have got suspended for three months Because being tested positive for marijuana, usually that goes to a couple months. And I know somebody brought up Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps got No, he didn't get tested. He never got tested positive for marijuana. Michael Phelps got exposed by, I don't know, it was a photo or video of him smoking weed. And guess what? He also got suspended as well. So let's, let's be very clear. But with that being said, Sakari Richardson... You should not have put yourself in that situation. The team should have made sure that you also are reminded that you need to not put yourself in that situation. And, you know, I, I still wish her nothing but the best, but she made a mistake, and that's the reason why she's not playing in the 100 meters. And by the way, I definitely don't want to hear anybody's, anybody say, oh, well, we lose in the 100 meters. Well, it's because of her. no. You didn't care about her before before she had the fame. Don't care about her now, okay? Stop it. Like you like some of y'all actually care about the about track and field, okay? Y'all wasn't caring about the one hundred meters like that, so don't care about it now.
1: Or let me just say this: the people that was, you know, praising her, you know, you know, the days before it happened. Make sure you keep praising her. Don't change it now.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And here's another thing too. She got more TV time for her being tested for marijuana than her participating, or she was going to participate in the 2021 Olympics. Isn't that interesting? All right, so L'Oreal has a take that she wants to come out and present to us because we're about to be done with the show. But go ahead, L'Oreal, what you got for us for this take of yours?
1: All right, y'all. So I'ma keep this brief and short, and I'm also keeping real with y'all. So let's just say it in right here. Maria Taylor got promoted because she's talented, not she, because she's black. So over the weekend, you guys heard about it. Rachel Nichols, she had um, an interview with LeBron James advisor Adam um, Mickelson. And pretty much she believed that Maria Taylor was able to do the 2020 finals coverage simply because it was a diversity hire. And she said, in quote, you know, I wish Maria Taylor all the best in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. And if you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it for me or take my thing away. So let's just just keep it clear. Rachel Nichols is not losing sleep about this situation. Rachel Nichols is not going to be in a heap of trouble just because she didn't cover the finals. We know who Rachel Nichols is as an established reporter. She's a well-established reporter. She's interviewed LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, many, many other players. She has worked for NBA, TNT, and she has also made appearances on CNN as well. We know the report and the credibility that Rachel Nichols has as a reporter for about, you know, almost a decade. So let's just keep that clear. She ain't losing sleep over this situation. And that apology, Rachel, just keep it. That was not an apology. You did that the same face, and it probably was forced anyway. If you really felt some type of way about what you said about Maria Taylor, you should have just said it, you, Maria Taylor, I apologize. I apologize for saying that you got a job because of the diversity. how higher you earned that job. You as my colleague, I have seen your work and I have seen your growth and I am and I and I am proud of what you've been doing. That's a real apology. You didn't say anything else that we didn't know already. So let's just say that. And also too, Rachel, since, since the fact that you wanna bring up about diversity hires, let's also bring up the fact that you are the daughter-in-law of Diane Sawyer. And no offense to you, we know what you have done throughout your work over the years, but let's keep it real. Half of these opportunities you probably wouldn't even get if you wasn't the daughter-in-law of Diane Sawyer or the fact that you're a white woman. So let's just say that. Um, another point that we gotta make, Allyship isn't what it seems, especially when we talk about white allyship and particularly when we talk about white women. A lot of people, especially black ESPN employees, and this is a fact, they believe that allyship is only beneficial for white employees and white people in general in public. But behind closed doors, it's an entirely different story. We've seen Rachel Nichols and all and all of the um, soliloquy that she has done on the jump and things like that about the Black Lives Matter movement and the Me Too movement. But behind closed doors, she thinks of it a different way. She thinks that Maria Taylor did not get the job because she was talented. She thinks she only got the job because of the diversity hire. And let's not also let's also mention the fact that while she did that interview with Adam. Adam also pointed out that he's quote unquote sick and tired of the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter. So behind closed doors, you pretty much don't care about anybody, especially Black women getting opportunities, and you pretty much tired of these organizations and these movements that's trying to help the people that are suffering for what they are suffering when it comes to oppression, racism, sexism, all of that. But in public, you want to aki and act like you all down for the game. You're not, Rachel. Let's get that clear. And if and that's the thing. If you're not all about it, that's fine. I think people would rather respect you because you stand your ground and you stand on your troops than you acting fake. Nobody likes fake people, especially when it comes to issues like this. So let's get that clear. And also, the final and important thing, Maria Taylor deserves all her flowers. Maria Taylor is one hell of a journalist, reporter, and all of that. Her resume speaks for herself. She's worked for SEC Network, ESPN College Day, the College Football Playoff Game, the College Football Championship. She's also worked for Monday Night Football, Saturday Night Football, and NBA Countdown. So let's get this clear maria taylor is a talented woman a black woman at that when we talk about the sports and also on top of that she is an athlete she's played football i mean she's played volleyball and basketball for the university of georgia so let's not let's not sit up here and disrespect maria taylor and what she's done as a black woman in this sports industry And also another person we have to shout out to, shout out to Kayla Johnson. Kayla Johnson used to be a producer for ESPN, but unfortunately she got suspended for two weeks and demoted because she decided to, she decided to side with her sister Taylor and tell her about what's been going on. So let's say that too. And also on top of that, if it wasn't for Maria Taylor, we wouldn't have people like Malika Andrews, who's coming up in ESPN. And we also wouldn't have people like Latrona Robinson and other folks who has been getting their part in ESPN because Maria Taylor decided to be real and speak out on the issues that she cared about. Rachel Nichols, let's get this one thing clear. Just because you're a white woman and just because you have the accolades that you have does not mean that you put somebody under the bus. And you might think that you might not get hurt after this, but let me tell you something. One thing's for sure, your colleagues and everybody else in the entire world, we're looking at you in a very different light because of what you said. If, if that's the thing, and another thing too, if you wanted to just say that you felt like you deserved the job, then you should have just said that, but you did not. You decided to put a black woman under the bus because she worked hard, number one, Number two, she's a black girl and black girl magic is strong, baby. And number three, she has worked hard to get the position that she has got. I'm very sick and tired of black women and black people in general in journalism that always begin shut down, scrutinized, and just flat out disrespected and disregarded because of white people who want to pretty much keep their privilege and do anything by necessary means. And ESPN, you need to change your culture. Because the fact that you lost people like Jamel Hill and Michael Smith and Kerry Champion because you want to keep this toxic environment and not, and, and not look out for them like you look out for all these other white people, it's a shame. It's a damn shame. And one thing's for sure, your ratings will not be what it is right now if you had those people. And and, and hopefully, you keep Bomani Jones and you keep Stephen A. Smith very close. Clutch them very close. Because if you lose those people, nobody's gonna be watching your network. And the last point that I want to say is: black women, especially black women in journalism, listen to their podcasts, watch their art, watch their television shows, read their articles, support them. Because these black women, including myself, we are not in this industry because we're pretty or because we trying to get a hand or things like that. We are in this industry because we are thorough, excellent, and detailed reporters and journalists at what we do. And we care about the passion about the game.
0: All right. Well, that's it. That was L'Oreal's take about Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. You know, well, mostly about Maria Taylor. Put some respect on Maria Taylor. Am I right, L'Oreal?
1: Yes. Put some respect on Maria Taylor. My sister... And no other sister deserves to be scrutinized no mm. more. It has to stop.
0: Put some respect on black female journalists. Yes. All right, so that's it folks. Thank you for the take L'oreal. But that's it for the bounce podcast episode 29. You can listen to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Simplecast, iHeart Radio, Pandora, and YouTube folks. I want you to like, comment, subscribe, Share this, folks. Let people know this, that we are here every week, every week on a weekday, and we got y'all included. You know the deal is. Before we go, L'Oreal, you have anything else to say?
1: Yep. Two things. Support Black journalists, and if you don't want to be an ally, don't act like it and don't be fake about it. Mm. Be real and stand by your ground and your truth.
0: Put some respect on Black journalists. Thank you for listening to The Bounce Podcast, episode 29. As I said before, my name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. Peace!